Welcome to Victory GP. We're excited you've joined us, and we hope you're impacted and inspired by today's message. And our theme for this year is living in the light. Living in the light, and it is going to be so good and so helpful. Um, the perspective that you see here, it's, it's kind of all-encompassing. And so the idea of even the flow, the curtains, the, the whatever, is we're stepping out of, um, you know, manufactured even looks or whatever. We just want the simplicity of the light of God, the simplicity of pursuing Him. We walk in a very dark world. And so we want to be people of the light who are known as people of the light. And as I mentioned before, we want to be known for what we're for, not what we're against. Sometimes you can look at the darkness and be so overwhelmed by it that it's, it's life-sucking. But when we are living in the light, it is life-giving. So today we're going to begin this, and this process as we go through the year is going to be so uh, fulfilling for every one of us. Uh, we've had the opportunity in the smaller group as we're preparing um, details for this to just kind of walk through the content and walk through what the scripture says about the light of God and the light of the world. And it is literally life-giving. So I want to encourage you today, even if you came in here feeling heavy, uh, you're in a process starting today where the load lifts and the light shines and there's transformation. And so would you stand with me? And we're just going to commit ourselves to this process in this year and then begin to lay a foundation as we go, go after what God's got for us. God, today we thank you. We thank you that you lead us in the paths that we need to be on, God, you give us things to focus on. You call us to lift our eyes and to look higher, to, to recognize that we're seated together with you in heavenly places and the view is much different from there. God, today we pray that as you call us to live in the light, that there would be a, a choice that goes on on the inside of us, a shift that happens, an anchor that is dropped, God, that we would be the kind of people that, that live well, that it would be noticeable that you live in us, God, that we would not just run to the lighthouse, but God, we would be a lighthouse, that we would be a place where there's a safe harbor where people can come and find the light of life. God, today we ask that you would soften our hearts and prepare us to receive from you the plans that you have, God, the word that you have, and we commit ourselves to receive, to understand, and to respond. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated. Goodness, I'm so excited about this. I, 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 yeah, it's going to take a bit. Poor Wayne has been listening to scriptures on the light all summer. Uh, he could probably recite them all. Even Walter probably can at this point, but there's a, there's a lot that is contained. And when you start, like when we, when we did the kingdom message, when we did the altar message, and we kind of went through different things. It's amazing how when you're looking for a specific word or a specific thought flow, you can find it everywhere. But this one is kind of the core that we see from the very beginning of the book to the very end, literally. So we're going to get into that today. The idea of the lighthouse that you saw there is that it is life-saving, it is hope-giving, it is direction-altering light. And so when you think about what a lighthouse is, um, and we got a lot of people who have come from coastal places here or have at least visited coastal places, it is literally, when there is a storm at sea, a lighthouse is literally a lifeline in the midst of utter confusion, 
right? In the, in the midst of fear, in the midst of all the, the, the swirl that's going on around, a lighthouse is a beacon that directs our steps, that moves us in a place, uh, in a direction towards a place that we should be. And so this is what this is going to be about. We are not just talking about a light. We are talking about the light. So lest there be any confusion, we are specifically talking about the light of Christ. We're, we're literally just going through the word this year and talking about what the light has been revealed to be for us and who he is. Um, one of the things that I think is interesting is when you start digging into what the light verses are in the Bible, it talks about uh, spiritual realities. It also talks about social responsibilities. It covers full, uh, philosophical debate, healthy homes and families, spiritual warfare, and end times. So that's what we're in for this year. That's like all the things, all the things are happening this year. It's going to be so good. Literally, the very first words that we read in the Bible that God spoke to us are, let there be light. Literally, the very first recorded words that we have that God spoke into our world is, let there be light. So let's just pull this up. Genesis 1, 1 to 5. And I want you to see from the very beginning, we're just going to lay a foundation. Uh, and really, if you're, if you're kind of searching you know, about the Bible, you're maybe new to the things of God, what you're going to, what would help you to be able to receive this is that um, we believe in this house, I believe firmly, this is the absolute word of God. And so it's not really an interpreted thing. It is what God says. It is what is there for us to live off of. And so with that as our anchor, it, we start then at the very beginning and we see what God says from the top. So in verse one of Genesis one, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That right there, that's a pretty important part for our faith. It's not an explosion. I, I literally watched a video uh, the other day about how cool it is that the eyeball developed in the little organism in the sea as we evolved and how the eyeball developed to access light. I'm like watching this. I'm like, does this make sense to anybody? This is, I'm watching this little thing on the screen and I'm like, that's supposed to be my ancestor. It is, it is easier for me to just start here. And I believe this is absolute truth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. There was nothing there. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. That's interesting. Verse three. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. First thing God said, verse four. And God saw the light and that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. So the very first creative words that we see, and we see that light then is a creative force. It's this expression, this creative expression. Before God spoke, there was just a void, just nothingness. Some of us feel like we're swimming in a life of nothingness and we need the voice of God. We need that light to come into it, but there was nothing there. Light came in as an expression of God and a visual indicator of who the creator is. God separated light and dark and put boundaries on time. So he decided day and night, but it wasn't just a dark space and a light space. It was a time that flowed. And we read on in the same uh, 
passage, verse 16, we read that there's the sun and the moon and the stars, and they are provided to rule the night. So there's the sun to shine in the day and the stars and the moon to shine at night. And they serve a purpose. They're a beacon of light that mankind was meant to look to. And we know when we look at history that when people actually followed and looked at stars and they mapped time that way, this is how people discovered new things on the earth. They discovered timelines. They tracked prophetic words. They, they measured things because there was always light that God left there. This is his nature. The sun, moons, and stars are all an expression of light from the one who is light. One of the sad things about the way people function is because we're made to worship. Over the years and centuries, there's been pockets of time where people worship the sun, worship the moon, worship the stars. They become the object of our affection, but they're actually the expression of God when there was nothing on the earth and the spirit was hovering over and God spoke there was a, a manifestation of who he is on the earth and the lights were an expression of him, not something to be worshiped. Just like mankind, we're an expression of his heart. We're made in his image, but we're not made to be worshiped. We are, we are meant, when we see God in one another, when we see the beauty, God's fingerprints on one another, it's meant to focus on him, to thank him for who he is, to honor him. So when God was present, when God showed up, when God spoke, Light was seen and felt. So God spoke, God moved, life showed up, right? And light happened. There was light and God said it was good. So there's this interesting thing that I think is so interesting is that pretty much we could say that anywhere life is, there is a measure of light. And you can, you can search this out online, but actually human beings have this thing where under the right settings, we actually emit a form of light. Now that has gone into a weird new age place where people are looking at each other's, you know, whatever, auras and whatever. It's been demonized for sure. But the fact is where there is life, there is light. I want to show you this little video. Um, and I'm assuming that we all understand the birds and the bees in this room. So I'm not going to teach on it. But we're basically, what you're going to see here, well, let me just show you. Go ahead and run it, Mia. So this is the documented, filmed moment of conception. It's, uh, and basically they use it for in vitro whatever, so that they can know when there's a viable life. But this is the moment that conception happens and the, the sperm enters the egg and there's this poof of light that comes off of it. Scientists are studying this and they're looking at it and they're like, okay, well, it looks like it's a release of zinc, a burst of zinc that comes off the egg and it creates this appearance. But any way you slice it, they can't, they can't explain away that light happens when life happens. Is that amazing? Light happens when life happens. Thank you, Mia. So this, this idea is that from the very beginning, in the beginning, God spoke, boom, life entered the earth, light happened. When God spoke you into being, light happened. Life came and light happened. And so there's this burst of light that happens. So when we look at light, we have to equate it biblically. We equate light with life. Light and life go together. It is the nature of God. And so he gives us these pictures that this, this, um, 
This place, when we walk in light, we are walking in life. When we are walking in darkness, we are walking towards death. And so there's something very specific that God is leading us into as we go into this this year. We are walking into new measures of life. And one of the verses on my heart, and you guys hear me say it all the time, but I, I so believe that Jesus came that we would have life and life abundantly, right? There's an enemy of our soul who seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that we would have life and life abundantly. But sometimes we don't know how to walk in the life because we don't understand what it looks like to live in the light. We don't understand the nature of how God leads us into the, the things of the light. We don't understand the, the, the changes that should happen in us so that we can fully experience abundant life. Just because something's available doesn't mean you actually apply it, Right? It happens in all sorts of situations. It happens when you're shopping. It happens when you're traveling. It happens when you experience a new thing. If we don't know what's available, if we don't know how it works, we don't always lay hold of it. And sometimes we find out a little too late. It's really sad when we find out what sort of things Jesus paid for when we've already been in the trenches for decades. And it's like, no kidding. There was an answer for that. Oh, well, let us shine some light on that. Let the word shine some light on that. So this is the plan. This is the path that we're going into is that same measure, that spark of life that we see when conception happens. I believe that spark of light and life is gonna happen in many areas of this house. I believe that it's gonna come in your marriages. I believe it's gonna come in your parenting. I believe it's gonna come in your finances. I believe it's gonna come in your mental health. I believe it's gonna come in your relationships. I be believe it's gonna come in your physical health, that there are layers of revelation that's coming when the light lands and it exposes what needs to go and what needs to stay. God's going to come and he's going to light us up for his purposes. When we see about the children of Israel, there was the pillar of fire by, by night and that glowing uh, pillar of uh, cloud by day, and the people followed what was the light of God to the place where they should be. Sometimes I think we sit in that rowboat out in the storm and we're just like, oh, somebody come and get us. And God's like, lighthouse. Like, oh, over this way, over this way is life. And we're going to move towards that life. So just to lay a foundation today, number one, Jesus is the light of the world. Literally, not just like figuratively, he's a positive being for us to follow or a positive figure for us to follow. Literally before God spoke, there was no light. There was nothing but void. And so Jesus is the light of the world. What we have to recognize is the light is not a what, but a who. It's not a thing, but it's a being. It's a person. It's, it's God. It's, there's not a what kind of light. It's who he is. The more we experience of Jesus, the more of the light we get to live in. And there's this pull towards the brighter and better things. It's so interesting how God has laid this out for us in such a tangible way. So physical light, when God spoke, if God is, Jesus is the light, and we're going to break the scriptures down. If Jesus is the light and he spoke and light became, it means that light is the physical manifestation of who God is. Does that make sense? It's like love is a physical expression of who God is. God is love. He doesn't just have the actions of love. He is love. He is light. And so when we walk this out, you're going to see this. It's an actualization of the creation of the divine light of God. John 1, 1 to 5. So the beginning 
of the book entirely, the beginning of the Old Testament, we read about God speaking light and light happens. Beginning of the New Testament now, John 1, 1 to 5. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So in the beginning, when there was nothing and the word spoke and light came, right? Tracking with me? Going on verse two, he was in the beginning with God. Just carry on, Mia. All things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made. This is a big deal. This references back to Genesis 1. In him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it or contain it or limit it. So in the beginning, there was nothing but the word and the word spoke and the light came, and the light was the light of men. This is, this is mind-blowing how God spells this out for us. The fact that light exists is because it's the very nature of God. It's part of who he is. 1 John 1, 5, and we're going to read this in the Amplified. So if we just follow through a lot of the verses, uh, chapter 1, verse 5, you're going to see a lot of the same things, which is so interesting in lots of books of the Bible. But in the Amplified, it says, this is the message um, okay, I'll read this one. First um, John 1 verse 5. Yep. I think my translation's a little different. There we go. And this is the message, the message of promise, which we have heard from him and now are reporting to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. No, not in any way. Isn't that amazing? In fact, the other uh, version of the Amplified says, no sin, no wickedness, and no imperfection. There is no darkness at all in God. That very point in and of itself, when we're going through difficult times, that's an anchor for our souls, is that God is light. If there's a heaviness, if there's a blackness to it, if there's a darkness to what's going on on the inside of us or what's pressing in from the outside, it's not God. In him, there is no darkness at all. In fact, in the Message Bible, it says, this is in essence the message we heard from Christ and are passing on to you. God is light, pure light, and there's no trace of darkness in him. That's it. He is light. He is pure light. Now, this is literally, it's about his nature. It's about his expression, his creative expression. It's about who he is. It's about the very image of God. When Jesus was here in verse, uh, John 9, verse 5, it says, As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. And in Revelation 21, 23, there's a description. In fact, if you go on that whole chapter and it talks about in heaven, which is our final destination, there's no light at all. There's no need for secondary light because Jesus is himself the light. That he is the light. That there's no dark, there's no, there's no night. It's this consistent, pure glow of who God is. So I know this is like a little bit mind-boggling, but let's look at the fact that if Jesus is the light that exists in heaven, and very beginning of the book, Genesis 1, right at the beginning, God's hovering. The word was with God. The word is Jesus. 
the word speaks and light enters the earth and life enters the earth. It means that when we lean into light, we lean into the very nature of who God is that we will spend eternity with. It's actually this attractive draw. It's the thing that was put in us the moment that spark of life came and we begin to be a human. We began to, to carry the nature of God. We began to be created in his image. It all ties together from the beginning to the very end, which goes on to eternity. This this. This is like one of those massive concepts that trickles down into everyday decisions because it's the substance of what is there. It's like gravity. We don't often think about the details of gravity. It just is. It's always there. Gravity matters. But you do think about it when you're climbing a ladder. You do think about it when you're cleaning your gutters, right? You do think about it when you're about to you know, grab that rope and swing out into the lake. You do think about it when you're making decisions and you wonder about what's going on ahead of you. You wonder if you have what it takes. You wonder how gravity is going to work. I'm telling you that light, the nature of God in the expression of light is wrapped into everything that goes on around us. And we have to lean into who he is, what he says, and how the light operates. So this is, this is kind of mind-blowing but it's going to be really good. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. In other words, he has no dark side. He has no dark side. He is only light. God is only light and light equals life. So number two then, darkness is an effect, not a cause. Darkness is an effect, not a cause. Darkness defined is not something that we, we um, you know, it doesn't give us a, a successful answer. It doesn't give us a pleasing answer because it's this nothing. It literally has no matter. Darkness defined is a lack of illumination, an absence of visible light. It does not exist by itself as a physical entity. It has no physical makeup of its own. It literally is simply the absence of light. So the speed of darkness is the opposite and equal to the speed of light. To the degree that the light moves, the darkness advances. Now let's talk about the kind of world we feel like we're living in right now. What's the problem? Darkness advancing or light decreasing? God is calling us to live in the light and light is life. Let's walk this a little bit further. If darkness is just the absence of life and this is not this is not like a preaching tool. This is not a metaphor. It is literal. This is this is the truth. Isaiah 9:2 which is repeated and it was in our video Matthew 4 is quoted it that it's about Jesus. Isaiah 9:2 says the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death Upon them a light has shined. This tells us that those who walk in life, in light, are experiencing life. Those who dwelt in the land of, of darkness are living in the land of the shadow of death. This breaks it down for us that essentially living in the shadow of death means that darkness and death are symbols of the same thing. Light and life are a partnership. Darkness and death are a partnership. Fair? 
So everything about life leads us towards hope. It leads us towards joy. It leads us towards expectation. It leads us towards hope. Everything about death, when we look at the spirit of death, when we look at that darkness, it pulls us towards the number one thing, fear. In fact, when they track children and they do, they do the psychological studies on them, one in three at any given time report a, a radical fear of the dark. There's a fear that is connected to dark. Why is that? Because it's part of something that we don't belong to. Darkness in itself has this connotation and it has blown up from the beginning of time when sin entered the earth. He, he, the enemy came and he, he thrived in the dark places. He exposed in the dark, himself in the dark places. He expanded his kingdom in the dark places. But we are people of the light. So we want to be people who are of light, life, hope, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, love, gentleness. That's our nature. That's what we get to be part of. But if we're walking in the darkness, we're walking in what is an undercurrent of a fear of death, which is the shadow of death, and fear permeates everything. Now, when we look at the, the secularization of our society, when we look at what's going on globally, we would say darkness is advancing. It's not a coincidence that also anxiety is advancing, that mental health issues are advancing, that there's things, the torment of the mind is advancing because there's this push that's coming in from the outside. But we are called to be people of the light, and this is going to bring radical freedom for all of us. One of the things that um, I've been meditating on a lot lately is if the darkness is there and it, it brings fear, it brings, uh, you know, the shadow of death of whatever, death of relationships, death of finances, physical death, whatever, whatever the fear is, we're not going to make it through this. We're not going to survive. You know, I'm, I'm sick. I'm definitely, you know, passing away. Like whatever, whatever the thing is when, when you have a fight in your home and suddenly it's, that's the end. It's the death of our marriage. What is it that makes us dig into that and not, not recognize, you know what? This is a lie of the enemy. Why, why, why don't we run the other direction and go, you know what? I'm living in the light. I, I belong to a different camp. It's because our eyes become accustomed to the darkness over time. And if we look in the physical, which always reflects the spiritual, our eyes have this amazing capacity to adapt to the dimness of light, right? What the, the lower the light gets, the more our eyes just move to make the best of it. In fact, studies are showing, there's a study out of the UK in 2019 that says that um, they, they map people and had them just think about bright things or dark things and their pupils dilated accordingly, just based on what their mind was telling them. How powerful is the mind, right? When we start thinking certain things, we adapt to make space for the darkness. And we've, we've had this, we've experienced it, you know, we all do when we live here this summer. And you get to the end of, of August and you're like, it's 8.30. Yeah. Why, why can't I read outside right now? Like, I can't see my page. You know, why was that? I could read till one o'clock in the morning just last week or June. But, you know, we, ha we have this thing where, where you suddenly, when you start paying attention to it, you realize that you could be doing something outside and the sun is going down and it's getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And you don't really pay attention to it until you bump into something you can't solve. 
like you're reading and you can't see the page anymore, or you're mowing the lawn and you really realize you're going to cut your toes off, or so, something happens that you realize we've hit the line. It's actually dark. It's darker than I thought. Some of us, I believe, we're having this revelation right now that what's around us is darker than we thought, but we have just been boiled into it slowly. We've just been immersed into it a little bit. Um, you know, I think about what, what used to happen, like, I mean, when, when I was a kid watching TV on the two channels with the rabbit ears, um, you know, if there, was, if there was a single cuss word, I mean, it was a PG TV show, right? And also it would get shut off in our house. Like that was, that was the end of it. If there was any kind of nudity, if there was any kind of violence, like these were, this is adult only material. Now this is children material. Like it's, we've been immersed. We've just been like slowly immersed in the things that draw us towards the darker side of things. We, we, we have this um, addiction with fear in our society. And the mindset is if I face it, I'll conquer it. So we immerse kids in stuff that is fearful and scary. You know, we, we pull out the Halloween stuff in July because we're going to do four months of scary things. And it, it desensitizes us to that, that place of what is light and what is dark. And our eyes don't dilate like they should anymore. We've just become accustomed to it. I believe God is calling us to a place of purity that if we were to just say, here's what God says, it would shock all of us because we would be... We would be amazed at what it is that God calls profane. We would be amazed at what it is that quenches the move of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we're sitting here, we're like, God, why don't you do something? Why isn't there a miracle? Why isn't there an answer? And God's like, I am so offended by what's going on right here. That I, like there's a separation it's why we're doing the awe of God this fall. God's going to show us some stuff. He's going to help us in exposing. The light has this, this um, thing about exposing the darkness. Ladies, have you ever gotten one of those new magnifying light-up mirrors and just been like, Lord, let the rapture happen today. I don't think guys do this. I don't think men do that. I don't know, but women do it. And we'll, like, we're just staring at it and it's like, When did that start growing there? That is shocking. I think the reason it doesn't move men is because it's happening in here and, and they can't see that. So we have to help them with that. But, you know, sometimes when, you, when the light exposes things, it's a little freaky. It's a little like, and we don't, we don't always want to see it. Some of us were like, yes, date night should happen in candlelight, not for the romance, for the necessity. 100% I want you to want to look at me. So we're, it's going dim here. I mean, some of us do life like that in our choices and how we, how we manage our funds, how we manage our tongue with our families and friends, how we handle the expressions of our life. We have this niggling that it probably isn't that cool. And we don't really want the light of God to shine on it. Because we feel like it's going to expose something that we don't want to expose. But here's the thing. Light leads to life. Darkness leads to death. This is straight up. This is the choice. This is the deciding factor. And so I can decide to sit in the darkness in what I feel like is concealing me, but it's actually killing me. 
What if I've learned to become addicted to that which is sucking the life out of me because I'm so worried that if it's exposed, I will die. The reality is it is exposed to be healed. That's what the word tells us. And so we have to recognize there is this very distinct thing and darkness only advances in the the absence of light. And so we have a remedy for any dark areas of our lives that are sucking the life out of us. We have the remedy is running towards the light pursuing the light, inviting the light. It's that thing that happens. I mean, we all hate it. I, or maybe just me. Um, you know, when you're, you're with somebody who's like an aggressive morning person, maybe it's on a conference weekend or something, somebody who you don't normally spend time with and they're like, good morning. And the lights come on and you're like, is there coffee yet? Because you know, but, but you know you need to be awake. The more you realize the benefit of getting that quick start on the day, I have had this happen repeatedly in my life where it's like those early mornings just come and like bash me in the face um, or something. Feels like that. And I pull myself down the stairs and I'm going after something. But it doesn't take very long of those painful mornings to be like, I love this. I love the freshness of the day. I love the victory that starts before I even get going. I love watching the sunrise. I, you know, for the longest time, I only thought the sun set. I had, it just appears the rest of the time, but I, it actually goes down beautifully. It rises beautifully too. And the gift of living in the North is it happens later and later in the day. So we have this choice to embrace the light and to decide, you know what? Yeah, go on, flick the light on, let's do this. Let's do this because I have a life to live. I have joy to experience. I have love to give. I have a life abundantly that I'm meant to live in. So darkness equals the shadow of death, which equals fear straight out. And darkness calls out to us until it consumes us. Uh, one of the things that's so interesting, I think, is online profiling. Darkness markets itself to the things that maybe you hover on a little bit too long. Maybe that bait is there, and if you stand in the darkness long enough, the darkness will throw out a hook you can't resist. When we run to the light, the word tells us that when there is, a, there is temptation, God always makes a way of escape for us. If we are in a moment where the darkness seems to surround us, we need to look for where's the light. There's always a light. There's always a light. There's always an access point. There's always a way out. He promises us that there's always a way out. So we're looking for the light, even in the midst of the darkness. This is the thing that God's calling us to. Our ability to function in darkness is directly related to how much we are experiencing the light. So again, you've experienced this probably this summer coming into you know a concert venue or whatever, something inside. But if you've been outside in the sun, you walk in and it takes you a little bit of time to adjust to the darkness. It's obviously dark. You walk in and it's obviously dark. But if you've come out of an evening and you come into a dark place, your eyes don't really have to do anything. So the more you're looking at the light, the more you're going to recognize you've walked into the darkness because you're suddenly not going to be able to see. That's a helpful tool. The fact, if we're living in the light, we're looking at the light, we're pursuing the light, and we bump into a dark place, and we feel confused, we feel anxious, we feel like the pressure, I can't see where to go from here, back yourself out. This is somewhere I should not be. You know, I might be watching this movie, and suddenly, something feels off. Back yourself out. It is okay, even if you've paid for it, 
that is not money gone to waste. That is seed sown. Like decide to do the right thing. The addictions, the things that are, that are old patterns, when you're living in the light and you stumble into something, it is clear. I can't see clearly here. I don't, this doesn't feel right. And so I back myself out. But if I've been dancing in this for a long time and I bump into an old addiction, an old thing, then I fall down the rabbit hole because I didn't see it coming. I've been accustomed to the darkness. So God is calling us to live in the light. So number three, we are invited to live in the light. And this to me is so exciting. The invitation to live in the light. And I'm not saying just pursue the light. I'm not saying just, um, you know, I'm going to decide to do light-like things. I'm saying God is calling us to, to like radically, I live in the light. This is who I am. This is who we are as a family. This is who we are as a couple. And we don't really care if everybody else around us disagrees. As people of the light, we can't afford the darkness. And we choose the light because the light is life and life abundantly is worth everything. We know that the beginning of the book starts with light. We know that the end of the book starts with life, light. We know that our lives started with light. And so we are choosing to live in the light. And I'm sorry if that offends anybody, right? Like, we have to be ready to say that we live in the light. We live in the light. That's our choice. To live means to make one's home in a particular place or with a particular person. To make it your home. My home is living in the light. Where I'm at rest, where I can sleep well, where I think well, where I decide well, this is living in the light. This, is, this is decides what gets to come into my home. This is what gets to decide, decide, gets to come into my mind. This is what is allowed in my conversations. This is allowed in my spending of time, my spending of money. I am not sowing into the kingdom of darkness, but only the kingdom of light because I live in the light and the light is my home. I'm invited to live there. First John 1, 5 to 7 and we talked about this a little bit already, this is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Here we go. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. I'm pretty much guarantee you that's going to be a whole sermon. I won't tell you which week that's going to be, but <laughs> we're padding. Um, I'm kidding, kidding. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And this literally means with him. It's not fellowship with each other. It's fellowship with God. If we walk with him in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We actually have fellowship with God because we're living in him. If we say we live in him, but we walk in darkness, we're lying. This, this is the basics. This is the whew, of living in the light. But I love, again, the image of the lighthouse because you either have a rescue package or you die at sea. I actually believe the gospel right now is literally life and death. The, the press is so hard. This isn't about, you know, condemning any of us for our choices. It's like God's offering. He's like, let me show you the best way. Let me shine the light on things. Let me show you how to live in utter life. 
Do you know, like when you look around uh, any, you know, any public place, any public gathering, it is so hard to see life. There's a lot of down faces. There's a lot of heavy, uh, heavy looks, heavy conversations. You know, people seem to, as, as events progress, they seem to get a little lighter because they get a little drunker. But it's fake because tomorrow they regret what they've done. Because it's a manufactured, simulated kind of light. It's not the light and the life that God offers us. I was thinking the other day how I remember Wayne and I talking uh, when he, he started doing sound and events and whatever. And he was like, oh, there was so much weed, you know, tonight or whatever. I'm like, how do you know? He's like, you can smell it. I'm like, I can't smell it. I don't know what you're talking about. And so, you know, we'd be at something and he'd be like that. You could just smell it when that person walked past. I'm like, I don't smell. I don't know what you're smelling. I wish I was that naive again. I smell it everywhere now. I mean, I smell it at intersections. I smell it at gas stations. I smell it at restaurants. I smell it going for a walk. I smell it everywhere. This, this pervasive flow of things, it just begins to take over. It used to offend me. Now I'm like, well, it's legal. You know, like what, what can we do about it? You know, we can live in the light. We can decide to raise our kids. We can decide to raise our families in a way that says, you know what, if you're looking for an escape, you're looking for peace, you're looking to relax, you're looking to, for joy, you're looking for pain relief, Jesus is the answer. We can instruct in the light. We don't curse the darkness, but we instruct in the light. And that particular quote, um, a lot of people have claimed this one. But the quote is from W.L. Watkinson, 1907 is the first documented version. He says, denunciating rhetoric is so much easier and cheaper than good works and proves a popular temptation. Yet it is far better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. Let's just leave that up there for a minute. Denunciating rhetoric is so much easier and cheaper than good works. Oh, it's so bad that these things happen. It just, it's terrible that people do that. It's so awful that this has become law. It's so terrible that people would even think of going down that road. Well, that's not bringing life to anybody. All it is, is emphasizing and giving credit to the one who lives in the dark. And therefore, we light a candle. We speak the good things of God. We speak what is true. We speak what is pure, what is good, what is of good report. We set our mind on these things. We focus, we decide. I'm gonna focus on the light. I can be aware of what's going on around me and then I look and speak the light into that situation. I I decide that this is what God's answer is to this particular situation and I shine the light on it. I decide to declare the light. I live in the light. I believe a lot of our homes, if we had a zero tolerance for the darkness, would change the atmosphere overnight. If we said, you know what, we're not having that kind of conversation in this house. We're not having that kind of entertainment in this house. We're not having that kind of um, music in this house. We're not having that kind of uh, an issue, these, these contents. We're not having that in this house. We live in the light. It would shift the atmosphere. It would shift the atmosphere. Some of us feel desperate because we're trying to live in the light, but we walk in darkness. And so God's given us this invitation. He's like, okay, I'm the light of the world. You get to walk with me if you want to. 
and we can decide to light a candle. Micah 7, 8 says, do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. He's saying, even though it's dark around me, don't you think you've got me? The Lord is my light. I can live in the light in the middle of the darkness. I can live in the light in the middle of my workplace is full of darkness. I can live in the light in the middle of my neighborhood is full of darkness. I can live in the light in the middle of my city is full of darkness. But that light is going to begin to shift things. That light is not passive. That light is going to release life into the places that need to receive it. This is this incredible answer from God. Psalm 27, one, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Isn't that incredible? So the invitation today, I believe, um, if we could just stand together this morning, the invitation today is a decision to let him shine the light. It's a decision to choose to live in the light. And we don't, I mean, I believe there's a reason God didn't give this as just a short-term, you know, three-part series. This is, for this year, we are gonna focus on living in the light. We're gonna pursue, and I believe you're gonna feel life come. I believe you're gonna feel the awakening on the inside. And any places where there's been this this, um, dulling of our senses, where we've been immersed in darkness, where there's been this over, overflowing thing that we've just become accustomed to. I'm gonna pray this morning that God would begin to open our eyes to see what we're really dealing with. That we would see places where we're a little desensitized, where we've become aware of stuff and it's just become normal to us, stuff that would have shocked us before, even in our own lives. And how we connect with others and how we love and how we love him. Sometimes I think when we we struggle to feel the presence of God, it's because we've been feeling so much else that we're numbed out. And I believe God wants to awaken some things today. So I'm just gonna invite you to just receive, partake. If that's you this morning and you want the next level of awakening to the light, just put your hands out to just receive. And I believe today God's gonna begin to just break some stuff off, break off some blinders help re-acclimate our spiritual eyes to see well. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, we thank you for the word that we read there, that the people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. God, whether we've known you for a long time or not, we, as we walk on this earth, we walk in the darkness. There's a, there's a general darkness around us and you know that, but you've called us to be a light in the midst of us. And you've told us that you are the light for us. And so God, today, where we have compromised, where we haven't been as vigilant as maybe we should have been, where we've become accustomed to the darkness in such a way that we don't respond well to the light. God, we ask your forgiveness today. Any place where we're walking around with that shroud, that heaviness that comes from the darkness, God, we release it to you today. And God, we believe what your word says, that the people who 
walked in darkness have seen a great light. God, today we declare we have seen a great light. We believe that you are light. And God, that in your light, there is no shadow of turning. There's no darkness in you. We thank you, Lord, that according to your word, light is life. It's the life, God, that you've given us. And so this life that we've, we've been given, we want to live in you, with you, for you, God. Lord, I thank you that as we walk in the light, you lead us towards greater experiences of life and life abundantly. And God, I pray for a grace today for your people, even just a supernatural awakening to see clearly in Jesus' name. I pray, God, that you would show us areas even in our own life, Holy Spirit, that you would do the work, that you would show us stuff that needs to go, stuff that needs to be cut off, stuff stuff that needs to be uh, pushed aside, doors that need to be closed. God, that you would give us a hunger to live in the light. Lord, even in the same way that we, we crave the sunshine in the winter when the darkness is, is overwhelming where we live here, God, and we crave the sunshine. God, would you help us to crave the light? Would you help us to crave your presence? Would you help us to crave your wisdom? Crave your, crave your discernment. God, crave your life-giving presence. Lord, help us to crave what is good for us. And Lord, I thank you for deliverance of your people. Even today, God, as we choose you, as we choose the light, as we choose to walk away from the darkness, I pray supernatural deliverance of long-term bonds and bondages in Jesus' name. Long-term agreements, God, I pray that there would be a boldness rise up on the inside today to say no more, no more, no more. That doesn't belong to me anymore. I'm not going there anymore. I don't do that anymore. That's not my reality anymore because I live in the light. I live in the light. And we thank you for deliverance of that in Jesus' name. And that spirit of fear that has piggybacked on the spirit of death, God, we command it to be gone today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we thank you that your perfect love drives out fear. And God, today there would be a shift in Jesus' name over our minds, over our functioning, God, over our capacity to to see, to think, to reason. And God, that life and love and light would enter our minds, would enter our bodies, God, would enter the soul and transform it, God, in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for the invitation to live in you, to live with you, to live in the light. God, today we decide as a family to choose you, to choose you. We will live in the light we will walk in the light and we thank you for walking with us in every step. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message from Victory Church Grand Prairie. You can stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by using at VictoryChurchGP. If you have any questions, would like to access our online resources, or would like to sow into this ministry, you can visit us at www.victorygp.com. You can also text to give. Just text 587-207-4387 and follow the prompting. Thanks again for joining us at Victory GP. Reach. Teach. Mobilize.